Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how we doing? I'm good, man. It's been good. You know, I feel like uh, watching that race was something else. There, There's a nice little ending there. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get into that. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk bitnow.com, Grand Prix of Portland, um, out there in Portland, Oregon. Um the Portland International Raceway. If I didn't say Portland enough times already, there's one more for you. But anyway, Alex Plow is your winner and your 2023 NTT IndyCar Series champion. Clinched his second championship in his career, um, previously won in 2021. Fifth win of the season, and he's the first driver to clinch the championship before the finale since Dan Weldon in 2005. So... Yeah, but just a big weekend in terms historically for IndyCar. Um, broke a long, long streak. It'll take, I think Hinch said this during the broadcast, it'll take a long time to to yeah. get that streak built back up. But um, yeah, I mean, what's your what's your initial takeaway from this weekend out in Portland, Tyler? Uh, I wish Pulo had more competition this race. <laughs> um, I felt like that that turn one was really rough uh, most of the time, but it was, I thought the race itself was like decent enough. There's a decent amount of passing, uh, decent amount of strategy. I just, that the way the yellow was handled at the yeah. end was kind of mind boggling. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're alone in that. Uh, that was, uh, that was something I saw a lot on social media. I mean, I was thinking it as, they were talking about it on the broadcast as it was happening. Yeah, you were definitely not alone. Um, but yeah, he just kind of smothered all the life out of <laughs> the race and all of us and all of his competition this weekend. Like he has really all season. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel, but do you feel kind of like let down a little bit that it's already over? When I look at my alternatives with like F1, which is which is also over. Yeah. I mean, but that's been over. Yeah. Um, like it's better that like it, it almost went to the end uh, and mm -hmm. it was still at least a little exciting. I'm a little sad that it's not, you know, going up until the last minute, especially being my first year where I'm really dedicated to this, to watching this. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's still it's still been fun. It's almost the exact opposite experience that all the new F1 fans got. <laughs> yeah. Coming in in 2021, where every championship always would be wrapped up weeks ahead of time. And then that first season, everyone tuned in. It, it came down to the last lap of the season, which has probably never happened before in F1. But yeah, it's, I feel bad for you that it, it, 
you essentially got the opposite of that experience because like there's, there's been so many good finales. I mean, last year here at Laguna Seca or, or which we'll get to, we'll talk a little bit about that later, but I mean, it was a genuinely exciting race. Joseph Newgarden started at the back and worked, had to work all the way his way, all the way up to the front. But you know, Will Power wasn't, you know, he kept it together. He finished third or something. Did enough to to hold on. And there was one year, I think it was 2015, where Scott Dixon and Juan Pablo Montoya were tied at the end of the race, and it went on like went back on who won more races, you know, like, and that's just off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there have been tons of exciting and, and dramatic finales. And for you to get robbed of that is kind of disappointing, but there's always next year. There is always next year. And I think it, it would have been nice if it had worked out that way for IndyCar too, because I DTS fans are definitely getting the fatigue Mm-hmm. Now that it's just the Max Verstappen show. Yeah. And uh, they're looking elsewhere. I, I've seen that, you know, on social media. Uh, mm-hmm. It's from my own personal experience. I don't know how many are looking elsewhere, but it's certainly happening. Yeah. I mean, this isn't specifically related to last weekend, but I mean, what do you think IndyCar needs to do to attract those people? Oh, that's a big question. Um, it is a very big question, but I'm putting you on the spot. There's a lot of things that they're doing right already. Uh, like the product itself speaks to that yeah. most of the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, just making it more accessible. You know, I think that's there's a pretty big barrier to entry in terms of just watching the sport. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, granted you can go on YouTube and find like old races and recaps and stuff, but like I, I go to, I have to, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I haven't looked if it's on Hulu, like, you know, afterwards, mm-hmm. I always just go to Peacock. Yeah. I'm not the one Peacock isn't the best platform and it's not <laughs> the most widely used platform. Out <laughs> so I think that's, you know, that's where I'd be looking. How do I distribute this a little bit better? Yeah. Well, th- I know they are getting into that window to negotiate the next TV contract. So it'll be interesting to see what, what they do because Mark miles, the CEO basically said they're going to consider every option out there. So I think they're getting screwed right now. Um, Probably they're pretty pigeonholed. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, it does help. I mean, being on network television is huge. I mean, the TV ratings have been up all year. Like there, there's some growth to it. I mean, in in person attendance seems like it's on the rise pretty much across the board. Um, but yeah, they are, I do feel like they get deprioritized, especially on NBC, like having, you know, five races on USA and a handful, or I guess there's only one that's solely on Peacock, but like, yeah, you do. They're pretty low on the totem pole. Yeah. And, the, the, the amount of things I have to scroll past to get to IndyCar in that yeah. little sports section of Peacock. Yeah. And some of the things I'm passing are not even like worthy of being in front of IndyCar. <laughs> I'm like, man. <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting like how when you go on to Peacock, like how prominent Premier League and stuff like that is yeah. on there. And it's weird that like I don't granted, I don't really know many people that 
watch or pay attention to IndyCar <laughs> outside of myself and you and my immediate family. Um, but I, I don't really know anyone who follows the premier league either, you know, and it seems like that has a almost outsized influence on all of these. I mean, maybe it's similar to the F1 circumstance where there's nothing, there's no competition at 10 AM on a Saturday morning, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a weird, weird question. Yeah. I hope that, I hope it, you know, in the next few seasons, they start looking at that stuff. So, uh, but you'll, you'll still get some, some converts, especially because IndyCar has the ability of just being, as we've said before, right in your backyard for like yeah. 10 bucks in comparison yeah. to a yeah. $500, $500 or a $500,000 GA ticket to plus. <laughs> I, I saw that. I wonder how realistic that actually was. Yeah, I don't think that's going for that. But no. <laughs> yeah. well, going back to like that accessibility and stuff, I mean, is that what what Drive to Survive did for you? Was like helped you understand the sport, or was it just the drama and interpersonal stuff that got you? interested in uh, um invested in it and then because you already had you were already invested in a, some way that when you went to watch it you picked it up because you you know were still invested in it or did it like actually give you that like ground that base layer of knowledge to be able to watch it i guess it was kind of like uh, playing Gran Turismo for the first time as yeah. a kid where like I pick up the game and I'm like oh what what's you know what is this game it's racing blah blah it's really yeah. like he has like a six-year-old it's really difficult <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and it's like really complex but like I just did it because it was fun mm -hmm. you know I got in there for the drama and then along the way I learned you know a few things I'm sure there's stuff in F1 I still don't understand but uh <laughs> But like, yeah, I think I think the drama brought me in and then I, I learned the how the sport functioned after that. And then it became how do I become like an expert in that? Mm -hmm. you know, not not like an expert expert, but like, yeah, more than your average Joe. Um, <laughs> and uh, IndyCar, it's, it's a little more like about the sport itself mm -hmm. and trying to bring the drama into it on my own terms yeah um which is different but yeah not necessarily worse so yeah yeah it just might present some barriers to to like to really understanding and and getting invested in it that you know well it, formula one and a lot of other sports don't have yeah it helps when like you know you're you're sitting there and someone's explaining to you like the importance of the situation mm -hmm. um, yeah. because as a casual, you're just totally oblivious. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, it's easy to sit down and watch like a baseball game or a football game. And it's like, the point is to like, get this ball in that spot, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's two teams and it's whoever does it more wins, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it, it's, I mean, granted you can, you can break it down very simply like whoever 
everyone's starting here and they're trying to get to this point the fastest, you know, mm-hmm. like you can break it down that easily, but like at no point in the race, can it just be like when you have pit stops and different tires and all that stuff, like in a week like this in Portland, where everyone's on a different strategy, like <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. That they're, everyone's just trying to run these 200 miles the fastest, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it is. Hmm. I I think they've done a pretty good job, you know, and the numbers kind of speak to that. But they're still they're leaving some meat on the bone. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, we should get back to Portland. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it really was just kind of a microcosm of the season as a whole. I feel like just the way everything shook out, and I don't know. I'm torn because I I feel like there's a lot of guys in the series that could lay or that could claim the title of like best driver in the series. And it probably depends on what your criteria for that is. But I mean, do you think Alex Plo is like the guy? Is he the top driver in the series now? Unfortunately, I think he is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, I think once you earn that title, you know, the championship, Mm -hmm. like you said it best, uh, now is best skill best car best team you know that it's it's all those components coming together uh, yeah but he certainly showed that he he's just dominant in in all regards him and chip ganassi yeah on that final stop for mm-hmm. Powell, i was curious how the commentators were so wrong about where he was gonna come out because they they started, they're like, oh, he's going to come out in front of, uh, or I think behind Malukas. And uh, he ended up like actually racing against Rosenquist. Right. Am I thinking of that right? Well, so I think I do. I do remember what you're talking about. And I think it's because Malukas and like all these other guys that were in the mix, I think they were, um, they were on a different strategy. Like they needed to stop still. Like they, they were staying out later than, than the commentators, than a lot of the leaders. Yeah. And so Rosenquist was like the guy he was racing out. Like Rosenquist was the closest guy on the same strategy. So I think that's what it was. They just said, he's going to come out behind this guy. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) They're like five people off. What the heck just happened there? Um, Yeah. No, it was. I don't know. What, what did you think about all the strategies? Like, I, I felt like there was a ton of stuff going on. Was that hard to follow for you? Because I kind of struggled at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it just it just felt like there were so many people doing so many different things. I could really only pay attention to Alex Pelos, Scott Dixon, and Felix Rosenquist. Yeah. And honestly, I wasn't paying attention to Felix Rosenquist until the end. <laughs> No, which, yeah, we can get to that in a minute about him getting essentially gifted a podium. Yes. But, um, yeah, it was, it was just interesting that there was one clearly like, no, it wasn't like, I'm trying to think somewhere where they had like two stop versus three stop or three stop versus four stop or whatever, I guess like gateway last week, like Dixon doing it one last stop, you know? Like there wasn't like a huge difference. It was just when you used the tires and the fact that everyone who started on the reds just like dropped like a rock. Like 
was very interesting to me. And I I feel like kind of unusual. I can't remember anything like that. But it does feel like Graham Rahal and Scotty Mack basically gave this race away. Yeah. On strategy. Graham had that whole moment where he was just yelling at his team. Um, And yeah, I think I think that certainly makes sense. Like he he was rightfully mad uh, and he should be partially mad at himself. Uh, I'm sure he is. But what I didn't understand was why no one like either of them when they were clearly losing time to Pillow, they were already in the window. Why didn't they stop? And the pain. Yeah. As soon as they could. I mean, it's such a bummer that Colton Herta got that speeding penalty because he was the first guy to stop on reds. And I honestly think he could have hung with Pillow. I think he probably would have been the best hope of the people on that strategy because he would have been, he would have lost the least amount of time. He wasn't that far behind Pillow when he stopped. And at that point, Pillow still had to run the reds. So who knows? I don't know. I just feel like, he did kind of, I mean, granted, he won by like five seconds with a late caution, but I do feel like he kind of got gifted the win a little bit. A little bit. And the whole season, anytime Scott Dixon or Alex Plus made it out in front, uh, like I feel like they just last, they make it like, especially in the last third of the race, they'll just make it work and yeah. they'll, they'll get the win. Yeah. Um, I think Colton Herda's. Speeding penalty definitely hurt him. Uh, oh, for sure. But like, I'm trying to visualize the race where Alex Pillow gets a blocking penalty. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> there were certain, there were moments there where I was like, why is this not happening? Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't, maybe the race goes a different way uh, if they actually enforce the rules. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we can get into that because I do feel like that was the biggest thing from this weekend. It was that, I mean, there were a couple different things. Um, I mean, there was like you're mentioning Pillow not getting even reviewed for blocking coming out of the pits. And it seemed like in everyone's opinion, making two moves. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just, I don't understand why they didn't even look at it. Yeah, I don't get it either because it, Everyone watching the race was just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think they were playing like, is it favoritism? Was it we don't want to be involved in this? Like, I don't not to get too speculative, but I don't know. Like, it feels like that has to be the answer. It's not like a baseball game where an umpire misses a ball, like, you know, miss a ball, miss a strike here, whatever. Yeah. Um, Because like you're literally supposed to be reviewing this i don't know if there's certain rules like you have two minutes to make a decision or something like that yeah i don't know either um but like it seems like they could have uh actually no i'm pretty sure that there aren't rules like that because haven't they enforced penalties after a race yeah definitely so so like yeah i don't there's no excuse for them to not enforce blocking there when it, it was blocking (laughs) <laughs> blocking twice even if you yeah. wanted to give him a warning first then you, you yeah. still could have you still could have teed him up for it yeah so i i think like it had that's the only excuse you have is it's it's some sort of favoritism yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I I get like not wanting to get in the way of a yeah. championship battle, but rules are the rules. Like yeah. at some point, it doesn't matter what the overall circumstances are of the situation. If if someone is like you said, rules are rules. If someone's breaking rules, you need to enforce them. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like there's been a lot of. Why I'm a handy car, baby. For the rules <laughs> to be enforced. <laughs> that's what everyone wants. That's that's why we're all here. We all love rules. <laughs> but I, I do feel like race control in general this year has kind of had a sloppy year. I guess you don't really have any other context for it. But I mean, do you feel like they applied the rules consistently all year? No. <laughs> I, I feel like i still don't know the rules <laughs> yeah well that's that's very good evidence that's a very um, good point especially around when yellows come out when people get blocking penalties when they don't um like there hasn't been enough consistency for me to pick up on it yeah so yeah i feel i feel like it has probably been sloppy i don't know if they're normally like this and i'm cool if you don't want to enforce the rules across the board or something like that you know mm-hmm. like either enforce it or don't don't pick and choose <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean you've said it before like the only thing you need is consistency like if, yeah. if it's consistent then it doesn't matter yeah i just feel like i mean i like dixon and and Pato at long beach that not getting called but then I think it was Renus and Rossi at Nashville that was weird, like totally not necessary mm-hmm. penalty they called, and then this, and then the the keeping the pit lane open and holding off on throwing the yellow. That's a whole different issue, which we'll talk about that in a second, but. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like it it is all over the map. And I get, there's no explanation for why things have been called the way they've been called. Yeah. And I, I did hear them refer to the stewards. I think for like one this is one of the first times I've heard them actually say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's it's Ari Leindyke and Max Pappas. And then I can't I think it's Kyle Novak is his name. Is like the race director. And they're okay. the they're the race control. They're the stewards. Yeah. Where's Doug um, in that? Where's Doug Bowles? Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting up in the in the pagoda on oh. his throne, overseeing everything. <laughs> puppet, you know, puppet yeah. strings. No, <laughs> Doug Bowles is is not involved to make <laughs> that very clear. Um but yeah, it's I don't know. It might be time for uh or a refresh in there. Maybe you need to clean out the house. Well, I'm sure people will be having conversations with them, right? Like, I, well, that's the thing. I don't know if Chip Ganassi will have the conversation with them. Because... Well, I don't know who they answer to either. Like, I'm sure Roger Penske and Mark Miles and all, like the Penske ultimately are like their employers, but like, I don't know who is above them. Jay Fry, maybe? I'm not sure. It's just like, you know, Chip. Chip Ganassi Racing benefited and got totally screwed over at the same time from that yellow. Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say got totally screwed over because well, Scott Dixon did. Well, uh, he it, it was one spot. 
it's not like it it destroyed his race. An important spot, though, you know. Well, I think I think the bigger thing, which to to for those of you who didn't see, so Felix Rosenquist finished second, second podium of the year. Good good race for him. Um, but it was pretty late, maybe two thirds of the way through the race. He was saving his stint on the red tires, which were clearly the worst worst tire this weekend um for that last stint and he had stayed out everyone else had stopped so he was in paul as paul tracy deemed the danger zone um and uh augustine canapino spun coming down the backstretch and stalled and was in a pretty i don't know pretty vulnerable spot considering he got there because he lost control of his his car (laughs) you know it's not like stingray rob parked on the backstretch at barber yeah or something like pulled off the side of the track this was a pretty you know spot you don't want to be in and potentially could find another car in oh absolutely somewhat reasonably yeah it's not like he was that far off off track you know and in a pretty fast section of the track too um but anyway, so they didn't throw the yellow right away. They let everyone come around to potentially pit, including Felix Rosenquist, who had they thrown the yellow right away, would have dropped probably back to like 15th or so. And yeah, I mean, I they've been doing that all year where they kind of let people get the chance to pit. But I don't know. That seemed like kind of a dangerous spot and might have is- been tempting fate there a little bit this is the first time where i was like oh this is fucked like i could actually recognize it (laughs) i was like oh this is like really bad um and like dangerous to the driver and just insane for felix yeah well and it's frustrating because the, the solution to this problem is just don't close the pits yes which i mean most other series around the world don't close the pits. I don't know if IMSA does. Um, NASCAR does. I think it's more just an American thing. But like obviously F1, whatever, like they don't close the pits. You can stop. And I'm sure a lot of sports car racing and super formula, all that stuff, I'm sure it's like that. So yeah, it's just like if you don't want it to play a role, then just don't close the pits. Because sometimes, I mean... I feel like I've said this before. I like kind of the lottery aspect of it sometimes. Like it can shake things up a lot, but um, you either have to play it one way or the other. And I feel like they're trying to, you know, play both sides yeah. and you ultimately end up with people on the wrong side or the right side either way because of the call, not because of the rule, if that makes sense. And there's like a very distinct difference between the two of those things. Yeah, they're playing with a, a gray area. Yeah. Enforcement. And I feel like uh, keeping, you know, yellows were still exciting, like uh, in F1. Like it's still like yeah. seeing, seeing guys pit during yellow is still exciting because it's like, oh, man, he, where is he? Where's their track position at when the yellow goes out? Yeah. Are they going to be able to finish the whole stop under yellow? Mm-hmm. Are they going to get their tires warm enough? Like all these, it's, there's still factors in there, you know? Yeah. And I don't have to worry about like, are they going to keep it open? 
Mm-hmm. Are they going to let Felix in or not? Like that is just not in, not entertaining to me. Yeah, and it, yes. it and and it doesn't matter the severity or like the situation on track with either the wrecked car or the parked car or whatever. Like it's just that's what it is and they can throw it the safety car can come out and they can take care of business and everyone can pit whatever and yeah. I don't know. I struggle with that sometimes because it's like I said, I do like the lottery aspect of it sometimes. And it does lead to some kind of wacky scenarios and some, you know, some, sometimes some different strategy, people trying to stretch fuel and, you know, making one last stop or whatever, you know, I don't know, but yeah, Yeah. how, how they're handling it is not, not going to work long-term for sure. They need to just keep it open. Um. Uh, any other comments about the yellows? Um, I didn't think so. I don't. I I can't really think of anything. I mean, it was there were only the two. I mean, for example, Will Power came off and they threw the flag right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's going on there? Yeah. Um, and didn't he start back up? No, no. They they had to come out and he stalled it right away. He immediately was signaling, waving his finger in the air to get called and then restarted. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh that was Colton Herda. That was at the very end of the race. Yeah, with his onboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was that was exciting. But um <laughs> one question I had, like, is there a track limits penalty in IndyCar? Because <laughs> like everyone cuts that first corner at this track. Yeah. Uh, super hard. And and I'm just like not used to seeing that. <laughs> no, I mean there it's they kind of unless it's specifically marked off as this is it like for example the inside of the first you know the festival curve there at the chicane, um, pretty much no like there's no real like track limits. It's pretty much the fence. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there I can't was, catch on that earlier. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of the places they go, like there's not really I like a buffer between the wall and the Yeah, or like I mean, for most of the track here, I mean it's just grass, you know. Yeah. Like think about barber or I mean the indie road course. I mean, most of that is, you know, mm-hmm. if you go off track, you're in the grass or um like Road America or wherever it's all pretty clear cut if you go off the track you you're at a disadvantage you know i think this is one of the rare occasions in indycar where there is an advantage to going off track and i i think it's very insignificant ultimately yeah for sure so especially when you're alex polo um <laughs> yeah none of it matters if you're yeah. alex polo apparently she's gonna go baby um all right well that that's all i had about race control would you yeah. uh any comments on graham ray hall i know we talked about him stopping earlier because he's on the reds yeah i don't know it was just a bummer i was really hoping he would if colton herda couldn't win to help fulfill my prophecy um i was pulling for graham ray hall just because it has been so long like what yeah. six years and obviously he should have won at indy I think he's hitting a real stride. He definitely is. Like there's momentum there and yeah. 
I feel like they're right there. They can taste it. Mm -hmm. Like success is just like right around the corner. Yeah, it definitely feels like they are finding their way. And who knows what this third seat's going to end up. I think it's probably going to be Yuri Vips. But I mean, it seems like between Graham and Christian Lungard, like they're figuring stuff out, at least on the road courses. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, I don't know. I but I still don't know if like they're far enough along that you can really consider them serious contenders in that same tier with like McLaren and Andretti, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How many how many races did McLaren win this year? Zero. Which I feel like you knew the answer to that question. I did. Yeah, I, I, well, I had it in the back of my head, but I didn't want to misspeak, you know. Um, <laughs> I knew you would know. So I feel like, you know, they're serious contenders. They're 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 right there. And they, and they can make a lot of strides in the next few months of the offseason. And <laughs> if they bring in the right people, if they bring in an oval specialist, maybe Connor Daly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, maybe he can, maybe there's someone there who can help them uh, kind of set their car up a bit better. He might be a good op- option for a fourth car at the 500. I if... I would like him a lot more than Yuri Vips. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Which I unfortunately feel like, like I said, he's probably going to be the guy. Yeah. But there's, a, there's also other people I would also like, but I'm trying to think about Ray Hall, Waterman, Lanigan needs specifically. Yeah. They just suck on old. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. I mean, until they can figure that out, they're not on the same tier. If if they're fighting to not get bumped again next year, then they're clearly still a step below those mm-hmm. top four teams. I I would say they're probably the leader of the mid pack right now. If yeah. if you want to think about it in like F one terms, where there's like the you know, they're right on the cusp. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was just a bummer. I was hoping for, and for it to like go so poorly, like to start on pole and finish 11th or 12th. It it was, it was kind of sad, man. Um, as a Ray Hall, Letterman Lanigan fan, uh, really good, really good, you know, qualifying session. Mm -hmm. Well, you finished behind your boy Lungard. I know. (laughs) <laughs> which i mean he was fast in practice and everything but i mean he started back in 17th <laughs> yeah <laughs> so not great if you're graham no but you know like it feels like this next race i mean sure they're still fighting for championship standings and stuff but like it, it feels more like you should be focused on like where what you can take into the next year you know? yeah yeah um, well and Ideally, that would be a win. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think I think at this point, no one really cares where they finish in the points because first and second are settled. I think maybe you have like Scotty Mack and Joseph Newgarden and Pato. They're all within like 22 points. Yeah. Pato's only nine points behind Newgarden, but Newgarden can't catch up to Dixon. So third's the best anyone can do. And I'm pretty sure it's limited to those three. So I think pretty much everyone else 
there is the leader circle, which I don't have we talked about that? No. It's it's um so there's 22 leader circle spots. And it's basically like a upfront payment from the series in lieu of purses it races. Okay. Top 22 cars in owner points at the end of the year get the leader circle spots for the next year. Um, the thing about that is only you can only have three. Each team can only have three leader circle spots outside of Andretti because they're getting grandfathered in. Um, so Andretti it can get up to four. I'm gonna need um, to read. <laughs> what? I'm gonna need to read about this. You know? Yeah. No, it's kind of complicated and hard to explain, but um, basically it's like by owner points, and so they're all fighting for like the top 22 spots. And yeah. so that's still going on this week. So that's like the back of the pack. So that's mm-hmm. like your Devlin's and um, Santino. And I guess it'll be Tom Blomquist, um, Elio, like those guys, all everyone who's been at the back of the pack all year, Ryan Hunter Ray, I think is involved in that. They're all trying to be the, in the top 22. So that's, that's a race you can watch that might, you know, grab well, some hope, attention for you. I hope they bring it up, commentators, you know, and just like kind of give me a lowdown. I hope they do too. I, they, I'm sure they will explain it better than I just did. <laughs> it's just like, I, it's something that I need to visualize and I, I visualize better when I read things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, something, something else to look out for. Yeah. What'd you think of Rena's VK this weekend? I, well, he had a great weekend. He finished sixth. Yeah. Um, I I was wondering, did he use us as bulletin board material this weekend? Because he seemed very motivated, and we did an awful lot of track talking last week. Yeah, we did. Um, and uh, bulletin board material, you mean like motivation? Yes. Maybe he was did. It, was it up in the Ed Carpenter racing locker room all week? Just maybe. a printout <laughs> of what we said? Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whose race is he going to ruin this week? Yeah, well, I, you know, I will apply that to next week because this is a flash in a pan. Um, (laughs) At least right now, Uh, like. I'm I'm happy for Renus' success, but like, yeah, the dude has ruined multiple races. Yeah. uh, Where people are fighting for championships, mostly Alex below. Um. (laughs) So I like it is what it is, you know. Um, yeah, and I'm happy for his success, and I I hope it continues. And then we'll stop. I will stop talking trash when people stop driving like shit. <laughs> well, I would argue that he stopped. He finished sixth. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. season best. I mean, he's he showed some speed here and there. I think like Nashville, he was quick. Like there have been a handful of places. Yeah. That's where true. he's been kind of fast, you know, he's, he hasn't been, I, I I feel like his results aren't as just a lack of consistency. Yeah. But oh. I mean, he's, he's six points behind Graham in the point standings. Granted. Well, I guess Graham didn't miss the 500, but, um, and he's 10 points ahead of David Malukas who is probably going to McLaren next year. So like 
pretty good actually when you put it that way. Yeah, like he's had kind of he hasn't been good, but he hasn't been bad as it has seemed like. I, I feel like he's just been anonymous all year. He's also still really young, right? Oh yeah. He was I'm pretty sure he's like twenty three. Yeah. He's very young. He's twenty two. So, he was born yeah. in two thousand. Granted, like a lot of a lot of people in this sport are young, but like he's still got plenty, you know, plenty of juice left in the tank, a lot to learn, and presumably would only get better with time, hopefully. Yeah. That doesn't pan out. And as long as those Bitcoins keep cashing, as long as oh. they don't tank. You never know. <laughs> you never. Uh, well, apparently, speaking of Bitcoin, apparently BitNile is like, they mine Bitcoins. Like, that's their thing. Oh, cool. So they're <laughs> destroying, they're destroying the planet. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. And like ruining the economy for cars. But uh, yeah. That's Unrelated. It. Unrelated, but also uh, quite funny considering it's the sport that we enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, any any other uh, highlights from uh, race, you know, from, from our drivers? Um, did you feel like Joseph Newgarden got enough coverage? Because I feel like he, speaking of anonymous, was barely, I mean, they showed him. Yeah. I felt like they barely talked about him. And he basically came from the back of the field to finish fifth. Yeah, I knew he fought his way back. But yeah, they didn't really talk about him for, for whatever reason. Uh, and like, but he's been doing that. Like, I feel like he's done that several times this season. Where he like, okay. had a bad qualifying or, you know. Yeah. Especially on the road courses this year. Yeah. He hasn't been he hasn't been kind of hanging around like you fully expect him to. He always he always somehow ends up up there. And I maybe that goes to the skill. Maybe that goes to like I don't know. I, I'm excited to watch him next year. Uh well, because it feels it feels good. Yeah, I I feel like he's due. I he's not gonna finish second. That would have been like the fourth straight year he would have finished second in the championship if he had managed to to nip dicks in there but um yeah i mean he's always a contender he just i feel like i've said it before but if you have to pick someone in the field that like you need a win i feel like he's the one guy that you can count on to will it into existence like he will make it happen yeah i i I feel that too like he's he's got a good shot at it at least (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's that's what makes me kind of we talked about this earlier about Polo being the, like the guy right now. And that's the one thing that, you know, keeps me from definitively saying Alex Polo is the best driver in the series, because I don't know. Yes, he's won a ton this year. And obviously he hasn't had a lot go wrong this year, but I, I don't feel like. Like, I feel like every one of his wins Everything went right. You know what I mean? And yeah, for Joseph Newgarden to win, everything doesn't have to go right. No, he's always battling an uphill. Like, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, That's a good way to put it. Yeah, whereas Polo, Chip Ganassi is like a well-oiled machine. You yeah. Know? Boom, boom, boom. Weekend in, weekend out. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, to be fair to Team Penske, I feel like they're like that too. I mean, it's not like it's not like Joseph Newgarden is throwing a Dale Coin racing car on his back and no, <laughs> and just beating the world. It's he's he's starting at a pretty high bar no, they're, too. They're not pulling the wrong car out of uh, out of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah which we can't say for some teams in the paddock. No, we cannot. But, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was just one thing I think would have added to the coverage this week. Cause I do feel like it was kind of a bland, it was an interesting race, but it was kind of, it felt kind of uneventful. And I don't know if that's just because the focus was so heavy on Polo and Dixon, but yeah. yeah, It felt like they just forgot about everyone else. Yeah. But- and then like Felix Rosenquist pops up out of nowhere like hello <laughs> yeah I feel like he was on screen for maybe like 10 seconds yeah um you know there was this one uh this one pass uh that I I really appreciated but and I it was it was on like cars on cold tires or lap cars I can't even remember mm-hmm. but it was it was just Erickson passing uh Scotty Mac uh and then someone else I think it was Graham Graham yeah uh, yeah that was just like that was, that was one of those moments where I was like, "What made me a Christian Lingard fan?" <laughs> oh, it, I felt the same way watching it live. I mean, I can't think of a better pass this year. I don't know if you can. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's been a couple really good ones, um, but this this would be one like if I were making a highlight reel, this would definitely be on there for sure. I wish they'd showed another clip of it. They kind of brushed by it pretty yeah. quick. Super quick. And I was just like, wait, he's going like a hundred, you know, something miles an hour through a couple of turns. And he's just, he's, it's like go-karts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it, it was aggressive and definitive. Yeah. Like he showed them who's boss. Yeah. So I was really excited when I watched that. Uh, there are a couple moments like that in this race. It was in such a short stretch too. I mean, it was coming out of, the second turn at the chicane there into and then into four and he was by both of them that quick yeah and then you could tell they were gonna cut they're gonna like he like boom boom he did it and mm-hmm. then well, like they almost cut out that second pass because yeah like they didn't think it was gonna happen yeah mm-hmm. well and then and then renus came barreling in too yeah exactly <laughs> oh yeah kudos to you, Renus. that was pretty pretty sweet um i can't believe we didn't get a second look at any of that even like a second angle. Maybe they didn't have any, but that seems like the uh, overhead shot up below. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the I helicopter watched. cam just totally. That's you know, what I watched for like 30 minutes. It's just the Alex below cam. Yeah, I do feel like he was on screen for 90% of the race, <laughs> which I mean, is I get it. I get it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I would say that's probably pass of the year so far, unless we get like a a redo of the pass at Laguna Seca next week. I think, I think that's probably going to be it. That was a pretty good one. Um, Yuri Vips, uh, you know, uh, we got to mention him, I guess. Yeah. I feel like he had a couple moments where he was kind of racing Pillow, right? I mean, yeah, I I think he was, I think Pillow came out either ahead of him or behind him after pit stop i can't remember exactly yeah they made a big deal about that uh i didn't really see anything too flashy from him where i was like oh this guy's crazy 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, he didn't impress me, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. But I do feel like Linus Lundqvist kind of set expectations very high for for new rookies coming in. Like he, Probably. that dude, not, rushes. I, I I don't know if he's just like that much better than everyone, <laughs> <laughs> but like he he's quick for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Same with Tom Blomquist. Like he didn't really. I mean, granted, he had a speeding penalty and um. He's getting bumps and scrapes as he learns. Yeah, but yeah, he didn't. I mean, he had no opportunity in Toronto and like just seemed like another kind of uneventful race for him. I Mm. guess the first one wasn't uneventful, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, just I I felt like he was anonymous too. I think they mentioned him at some point, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, And one thing I, you know, I probably should have commented on this earlier in the season, but like why why do deliveries change so much? Uh, I think it's because they can't get people to sponsor cars for the whole season. Okay. I think that's the primary. Because it makes it kind of confusing. Yes, I totally agree. Where I'm like, wait, that's Scotty Mac? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um and uh and there's something to be said about like I can always point out Scott Dixon. Well, he's one of the few, I think. I mean, there's a couple that Marcus Erickson he used to. Marcus Pratt. Erickson, Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, Pato, Will Power, mm-hmm. um, Kyle Kirkwood, Colton Herta, Romain Grosjean. I guess Renus, Malukas. I guess there's more than I thought. Callum, Santino. Even Santino might have changed at one point. Um, I guess he had the American flag car at the 500, but like a, a special livery for the 500 yeah. isn't like unheard of. No, special livery is fine. You know, the one off. It's just like it, it makes it a little confusing because like I know what I'm looking at most of the time when there's I just like being, you know, I'm not good at this stuff, especially mm-hmm. as a newbie. And when I see someone flash in front of my eyes for a second, I need to have the car be recognizable in my brain. Yeah. So. I mean, do you think that's a problem for new fans that like you can't definitively say who's in what car from week to week. hundred <laughs> percent, especially live. Uh, yeah. You know, um, because you need that like standout bold color or consistency to, uh, for, to be like, okay, that's that person. It's this person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do feel like it's a problem, but I don't really know how you address it. <laughs> like, there just aren't people and companies who will no. pony up that kind of cash these days like they used to. Yeah. Back in like the 90s, I mean, you had Chip Ganassi was the two Target cars, and they were Target for, I mean, 15 years probably, maybe more than that. Yeah, close to 20, I think. Um, and, I mean, you had like the the players cars team Forsyth or Forsyth racing i can't remember and team cool green and the cool cars like granted a lot of it was <laughs> tobacco because <laughs> you also had hollywood and then the marlboro cars and everything but there those liveries were so iconic and it's so easy to 
associate both like the drivers and the cars themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. that, yeah, if only they could go back to that. I mean, it's the same with like NASCAR and stuff. You think about Jeff Gordon with the the Rainbow Warrior and Terry Labonte in the Kellogg's car. When I was a kid, I loved those. And that's, you know, Tony Stewart in the Home Depot car. And, you know. Like I didn't even watch NASCAR and I knew those cars. Yeah. Yeah, they were iconic. And I mean, IndyCar was almost to that point too, you know, just had entered the the wider consciousness and people knew what they were looking at too. Yeah. And then if you see it elsewhere and then you come, you know, stumble across it, that's just one more thing that you can identify, but yeah, for sure. Um, so what do you make this miles row kid? They brought him out uh, and gave him probably like a two minute interview during the race, which I thought was interesting. Um, everything I've heard about him is that he's like the real deal. I don't, I don't know much about him. I don't pay attention much to like the feeder series, probably not nearly as much as I should. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's sounds like he's won kind of at every level, similar to Kyle Kirkwood, who I guess Kyle Kirkwood won every championship like consecutively, but, um, and is like the only one to ever do that. But yeah, I mean, he won USF pro and he's, he already, announced that he's going up to Indy next yep next year with force Indy. so i don't know i'm excited to see what he can do yeah and you know i said lewis hamilton reached out to him he's you know fellow fellow black man driving a car yeah. uh not a lot of those people in the racing world and uh i want i'm gonna pitch to you you tell me yes no or go screw yourself <laughs> okay i want Michael Jordan just sold, you know, sold his NBA team. Yeah. I want Michael Jordan to get into IndyCar. And I want him to sign Lewis Hamilton, bring him over, bring Miles Rowe onto a team, and then have Will Power be the strategist. I I feel like you're 50% of the way there. I'm, I can get in because do, do you know that Michael Jordan is part over and part owner of a NASCAR team? I thought, he was, I, I thought I saw he had like a motorcycle racing team. I didn't know. No, about he, he's got a NASCAR team with Denny Hamlin. <laughs> yeah. So he's right part there. owner. It's right so, there. A million bucks to Michael Jordan. It's like he wipes his butt with that, you know? Oh, yeah. No, he could definitely afford it. I mean, an IndyCar budget is a fraction of what a NASCAR budget is. So he could definitely, he could definitely pony up the money for Miles Rowe for sure. And I guess Will Power, you might have to talk him to, into getting out of the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be strategist. Uh, I can't I can't see him having the money, as much money as Michael Jordan has. I can't see him being willing to pay Lewis Hamilton <laughs> to come over to IndyCar because that would have to be a huge sum. Well, they could work out a certain deal, you know, like Lewis Hamilton. I don't know if Lewis Hamilton sponsors or whatever, but get him into the Jordan train. Uh, there's there's definitely an in there if you want like Messi, they got Messi because of taxes and team ownership. <laughs> true, true. So there's a couple ways you can get creative, and I could see it happening. Like it is a crackpot theory for sure, but like I would love to see it happen, and that would bring IndyCar to the next level. 
That would be very cool. I would love to see, I mean, just Lewis Hamilton in an IndyCar alone, I think would be very cool. Yeah. And then also Michael Jordan to be involved. That would be very cool. Talking about visibility and accessibility, that would get some eyeballs. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, to have a cool young driver like Miles Rowe, too. You have all the elements you need, baby. Yeah. That's that would be PR gold. Yeah. Come on, you should, Doug. You should you should send Doug a letter. Lay <laughs> it out for him. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That just came to my mind when I was uh I don't know, being a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's rabbit hole thought. <laughs> hey, that's a cool idea. It's a, it's worth consideration, I think, if you're Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else, Portland, that you want to talk about? Nah, you want to get into silly season? Let me know what happened because I haven't been keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll fill you in. But yeah, I just, I mean, obviously, Polo, I mean, it, it was his year. That's off to him. Yeah. No, I mean, everything went right. That had to go right. Nothing went wrong that could go wrong. That was, you know, it was just his year. That's really all you can say about it. And yeah, yeah. we'll That's see. Dixon said like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's his championship. We're all just racing in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's get to silly season then because there's a lot of news. Um, all right. So Erickson, Marcus Erickson was confirmed at Andretti. He's going there for next year and presumably beyond. Um, Linus Lundquist signed a full season deal with Ganassi. Um, Marcus Armstrong signed a full season deal with Ganassi. And then Felix Rosenquist signed with Meyershank for next year. And I think that's a multi-year deal. So... Yeah, I mean, the the big one, obviously, is Marcus Erickson going to Andretti because he was one of the big dominoes this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think Erickson is Erickson at Andretti. Erickson at Andretti makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gets what he wants. He had a good driver. It's going to be fun watching him and Colton Hurd on the same team. Yeah. Although I do feel like we've probably talked about this already before. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good move for him. I mean... It's, yeah, I mean, leaving Ganassi isn't probably what a lot of people would choose to do, but he's always going to be third on the totem pole there, no matter yeah, what, until what Scott I, Dixon retires. Well, the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. He's yeah. a step kid. Yeah. And I mean, here he at least has a chance to be top dog. I mean, I think it would take a lot to knock Colton Herta off kind of the the golden boy pedestal. <laughs> like the chosen one almost. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like Marcus Erickson could be successful there and be a priority for the team, or at least, you know, have it shared evenly amongst the, the three yeah. drivers and a fourth potentially. I feel like it's, it's a good move all around. And then chip does a great job with filling that spot. <laughs> yeah. With, Linus Lundquist. Uh, How Linus. excited are you for him to have a full-time ride? Super excited. Uh, I'm not like, I mean, I guess I am a fan of him. I just think he's going to be like pretty crazy. Uh, it honestly, is kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I think 
he'll be better than Marcus. Um, you think so? I think so. Uh, and Do you I think he's top Swede next year? Okay, I met Marcus Armstrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know if he's top Swede. I think Erickson still will hold that title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's cool to have another Swede in there and. He's he's gonna be damn fast, uh, Ganassi. For like, sure. I think, but like again, you know, first year in the bigs. Like, if he if he like gets a win, I think that's a great season for him. Oh, for sure. I think he. Could, I mean, the potential's there for sure. I mean, he hopped into the Meyer Shank into a Meyer Shank car and basically gave him their two best runs of the year. <laughs> and that's not that's no simple task so yeah i think putting him in in a ganassi and then having alex plo and scott dixon to kind of bounce things off of and learn from mm. i i think long term this sets ganassi up very very well yeah yeah because and that third seat for below is that still like in the air right now uh i mean chip said like he's coming back but there hasn't been any official announcement that it's like a signed deal or anything. It's gonna um, if uh, th- he's not going anywhere, unless he goes to formula one at this point, like that's, that's yeah. the only formula one is kind of getting into that area area. Now of they're looking at next season stuff. Yeah. So I, maybe, maybe they're waiting on that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know at this point. I mean, it it doesn't seem like I've heard much. Like, there hasn't been a lot of noise out there that he is still in the conversation, which is insane. Mm. I feel like he could wipe the floor with half the oh, F1 yeah. grid. Yeah. So, I don't know. But that bias is there, and it's very strong, and it probably always will be. But, uh, I don't know. That's another conversation. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think he's pretty much a sure thing. For okay. Ganassi next year. Well, I mean, it makes it all the more interesting. I I do not want to see Pelot dominate next year. Uh, no, me either. That would be very disappointing. So, and Felix getting a multi-year deal anywhere, I think, is awesome for him. Uh, oh yeah, it's gonna be good to have him around. Like, yeah, that, that was a question in our minds. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited he's still sticking around because he is fast, and I think he can potentially help them out and. Cause they didn't have the best year this year and hopefully move Meyer shank back up the grid a little bit because yeah, they did fall off a little bit this year. Yeah. I like for me, I'm like, I don't even, I consider them, you know, back of the yeah. pack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And which I, is, I don't know if that's historically true. <laughs> well, they, they haven't been around really long enough to, you know, have like a history, I guess. Um, cause they, they ran a lot of like, they ran a few years of a part-time schedule. Like I think they started out as 500 only and then maybe ran like three races and then six or something. And, um, they were gradually moving up. Jack Harvey had a podium with them. Um, and he was kind of hanging around top 10 for a lot of that last stretch. And it was kind of a surprise when he moved to Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan because, they were kind of building that program and it was all kind of around him. He was the one in their car from the get go. Um, and 
yeah, for him to leave once they were kind of making, finally making progress was a bit of a surprise for everyone. So yeah. Yeah. Where, where is he now? Yeah. Well, yeah. no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then Marcus Armstrong is that's a full season deal. So he's going to be running the ovals, presumably. So that'll be an interesting wrinkle for especially the 500 next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, hard to think about him on on the ovals. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm sure. I mean, Grosjean's first oval, he did all right. But like, I, I, that's a whole other conversation. So, yeah. I, I mean, again, you've got. Alex Plo and Scott Dixon to learn from. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, <laughs> and setups to steal from. So that, that too goes a very long way. So I, I'm sure he'll, he'll take to him pretty quick, probably mm-hmm. quicker than a lot of people do. A lot of rookies do, especially when they're running for Dale coin or Ed Carpenter, or, you know? Yeah. Some of those teams. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's a very quick, Fast and dirty. Yeah. Rundown a silly season so far. Is it, does it feel like it's as crazy as it was shaping up to be? Uh, When you ask me again next season, I will probably say yes. Cause I'm (laughs) wire my brain now. Um, Well, yeah, everyone you've learned this year is going to be in a different car next year. Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm not going to think about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Until next year when I'm like, you know, talking about stuff. I'm like, oh, wait, look at this guy. Uh... <laughs> well, the the other thing I should add is that uh, it's Thursday, September 7th. So th- yeah, by something. the time this is out, this will probably be announced. But um, the rumor is that David Malukas is going to be going to Aero McLaren to take the seat that Alex Pillow was supposed to go to, which... We can talk about that more when it's actually announced, when it's for sure, because can't speculate too much. But um, that's a little bit of a shocker to me. Um, I think but so. I don't know if he's, I don't know if Malukas is the best driver for that spot. But yeah, yeah, me either. <laughs> you know, they like they like him for for some reason. So yeah, I mean. That's, but other than that, like overall silly season in general, it felt like everything was going to be crazy and it was going to be people going where you weren't really expecting them to. And obviously it is playing out that way for McLaren, but um, yeah, other than that, it, it feels like everything's kind of settling naturally, like nothing, nothing shocking. Yeah. It wasn't like this big turn of events. Yeah. No huge surprises other than Pelot given Zach Brown the finger, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, should we talk? Should we talk uh Laguna Sica? The finale? Oh yeah. Let's talk about it. Well are you are you ready for the season to be over or are you are it you feels mourning the loss of the season. It feels short. Uh it just doesn't feel spread out enough maybe. Like yeah feels like we just get hammered week after week with races. Yeah. Um, or spoiled, I should say. And <laughs> uh and then like now there's gonna be these months where there's nothing. Yeah. No, now, it I'm not going back to watch F one. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'll watch some here or there. I'm not. 
Um, <laughs> well, fair like, enough. I'm not going to sit and watch Max on a Sunday at four in the morning. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I could use a little bit more spacing out or maybe a, a couple more races. Uh, and I, I'm excited for what they're going to do next year with the schedule. Mm-hmm. Hope Milwaukee comes on, man. I I, it, it does sound like it's it's going to happen. So, yeah, I think I'll owe you a beer or something. I can't remember what we bet. Yeah, I can't remember either. I'm going to have to go back and listen. But yeah, not to say I told you so, but I guess it's not <laughs> it's not official. So I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait to tell you I told you so until it's actually out there. If it happens in 25, then you don't get to say it. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So, uh, anything anything interesting about this track? Uh, I mean, it, it's repaved. So, it, like Road America, they're going to be kind of flirting with the track record, which oh, um, is 1 minute 7.722 seconds. Um, there was an open test today, which I didn't know that until like right before we started recording. Um, but they were below the track record during open testing. So it could, depending on what the weather's like, um, on Saturday for qualifying, I think it's well within the realm of possibility that that could be, uh, that could be shattered um that'll be cool and if it does get shared i want it to be shared by like someone random yes well that's like there <laughs> there was this guy jordan king that ran for ed carpenter for like two years i think he had the track record at like saint pete or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was and like he didn't even win pole i think it was like in in round two qualifying yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he has a track record but he didn't win pole yeah it was i don't even think it's still the record anymore but yeah, I would um, love that. To happen. Yeah, it's a, a perfect scenario. Yeah, like for Devlin. <laughs> yeah, Devlin just his on his way out the door. That seems <laughs> realistic, <for> Devlin. <laughs> it really does. Um, I, he he was quick at uh, at uh, at the Gallagher, so yeah. you never know. Yeah, he was, dude. He was lighting that place on fire. He was for like three laps. He was he was all over it. And all you need is one in qualifying. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Give him three, he'll take one. Um, all right. Well, that's cool. That's something to look out for. Uh, yeah. And so next year, the Nashville's gonna have it. The, yeah. The- so this is the last year. It's the finale, which is kind of a bummer. But also, I mean, I'm excited for Nashville to have the finale. I feel like that will be. Yeah. Exciting. This is a good track for a finale. You think? Um, I mean, it depends on what you are looking for like it's a it's a fun track it's an exciting track from like a driving standpoint i think overall for the series it's not the best place to do it mm-hmm. um just because um which i think we talked about this when they announced nashville but the crowd isn't necessarily great here um it's not like a super exciting atmosphere yeah. I think for fans or drivers in the teams, it's good for whining and dining sponsors and for the hospitality aspect of it. Like I saw they were out taking pictures of Alex Pillow with the trophy at Pebble Beach <laughs> the other day. So like, obviously there's some, 
some good places to go hang um, out there in Monterey uh, if you want to impress some people. Yeah. And maybe that's more important for them for this race. Yeah. Well, I mean, for some people to run up the company card. Oh, yeah. This is a good place to do it, too. To what It's going to be most worth it here. But. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's I mean, I'm glad it's still going to stay on the schedule because it is a fun track and it'll be interesting with it now, potentially in the middle of the year. It'll mm-hmm. kind of change the change the vibe a little bit, I think. Um, um that would make sense you know like it's just gonna be cool to have a different schedule next year uh, yeah i know i hope it, i hope it comes out soon i think nathan brown said today that um it might be a couple weeks before before um they actually get it out there i think they're working on a couple of things and hopefully one of those things is milwaukee hopefully that's what they're getting settled but yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, any uh, any predictions about this race? I mean, I'm still riding with Colton Herta. I gotta, gotta do it again. Got, I gotta stick with it. I mean, it's my last shot for the year. I'm hoping in St. Pete next year to uh, be able to pick someone else. So I feel like Colton Herta has had the worst luck. He really has. Maybe maybe some of the worst luck in the entire season. Like, yeah. Yeah. We didn't really talk about him this week in Portland because <laughs> I guess we did mention the speeding penalty, but I mean, he was, he went clear to the back after that penalty and yep. then drove all the way up to eighth. And they were talking about how great of a race he was having. Yeah. Onboard camera. <laughs> yeah. He struck. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, after that, he still finished 13th. So like, I mean, it could have been catastrophic. He could have gone a lap down. He had a fast car, and that's why I said earlier, like he feel like he could have been the one guy who could have challenged below. He could have been, especially the way the strategy worked out for him. It just it's such a bummer because we would have seen where he would have come out, you know, without that penalty, and we didn't get even get to see that. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just one more thing to add to the list for him this year. Yeah. He's yeah. he. I don't know. We can talk about this more when the season's over. But yeah, he's. Uh, it's been a disappointing year for Golden Herda for sure. I agree, especially because I liked him so much, especially during. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, really easy to root for him. For me, I, sorry. Well, I, I still like him. I I still, oh, I still like him too. He's still a cool guy, I think, and he's fun to watch for sure. Yeah, he even though he is brutal on tires, he's got like an it factor about him. Same he does New Garden does? Um, yeah, he's just like naturally fast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna throw something out there. Okay. I think Felix Rosenquist is gonna get a win. Really? I think so. That would be hilarious. I think it would just be totally random and kind of fun, and it could be. I'm not saying he gets it, you know, off of pure speed and strategy. It could be a, a fortunate yellow. Um, yeah. We've seen two weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I just feel like it'd be cool to see him go out with a bang. Um, it, it would be very cool. I would love that for him and for you. <laughs> and I would love that because 
that also would be a big middle finger to Zach Brown, even yeah. though it doesn't seem like it's like a direct, like a tense breakup, but you know, it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which I Felix has had a kind of a tough year. He's yeah. had some, some bad breaks Take here and there. It was nice to see him, you know, the racing gods go in his favor this time around. Yeah. Which, I mean, he's got more podiums than Rossi this year, I think, right? Gotta. What, does Rossi have, like, one? I think he has one. Yeah, he has one. And that was at the GMR. So, yeah. um, I mean, he's, you know, he's not doing great points-wise this year, but um, he's down in 12th, right behind Colton Hurd and Kyle Kirkwood. Granted, he's, like, 35 points behind Kyle Kirkwood, but... No, that would be cool. I'm I'm all in on that. All right. If Colton Hurd doesn't win, <laughs> I'm pulling for a Felix miracle. Oh. What else do you think might happen? I'm gonna say, uh, not to like wish harm on anyone. Not that this is wishing harm on anyone, but uh, I'm gonna predict a DNF for Alex Pillow. Now that now that he has the championship locked up and everything went perfectly all year, so something's luck. actually gonna go wrong, and it's not gonna matter. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. You know, like just like uh some sort of malfunction with the car. Yeah, uh, even like even if it's a mechanic, yeah, me- a mechanical issue if, if he gets air where he hits a pebble and his two of his tires explode. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So it could it could be anything. He could get punted in turn 1, like who knows? It could be anything. But yeah, his luck's finally going to run out and it's not going to matter. Yeah. Yeah, that that'll be pretty great to see that. To be honest, <laughs> if if the racing gods do exist, that that dude is like bribing. He's talking with the devil. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean he he does have that kind of attitude. <laughs> Seems <laughs> like he um, does what he wants. Uh, my other my other uh, prediction would be that Marcus Armstrong gets a podium. Uh, I think. I think Chip Ganassi has showed out all year and they want to get, give everyone some love. And I think they'll, they'll put Marcus in a position to where he is well positioned for a podium and hopefully he can take it from there. I like that pick too. The two quality picks. I mean, Marcus Armstrong was fast at road America where they also repaved. So I feel like that's a good omen for you. Oh, okay. Until remember they had that absolutely ridiculous strategy call where they left him yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And basically ruined his race. <laughs> so you got that going for you. He had some speed on the on the new new surface. So I think that's the first time you've liked both of my pickets. Uh probably not. Maybe not. I, I guess know. you did pick pick Alex Pillow for what, three weeks in a row? I did hate all of those. Just out of <laughs> it was, principle. It was just what I had to do. And I think I played a part in him not winning uh some of those races. So <laughs> well, you didn't do a good enough job, Tyler, because here yeah, we are. Yeah. He's five wins later. <laughs> We've got yeah. lame duck champion. Crazy man. Crazy yeah. season. Anything else you want to talk about for uh this week's show? No, I mean I'm I'm excited just to have a race where everyone's just gunning for a win. Like nothing else matters, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. It, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I was talking with my dad uh, 
about the Portland race and he was just talking about it. He mentioned the Joseph Newgarden thing too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like he came from all the way back and you never saw him. And it was, I felt like it was because the focus was on so heavily on Polo. And I feel like this week, hopefully with the broadcast, they're just like, where's the action on track? That's what we're going to focus on. Yeah. Like, and I feel like it was like that last year. And granted it was, it helped that it was Joseph Newgarden and Will Power gunning for the championship and Newgarden just on an absolute mission. Um, and then Pelot being 30 seconds ahead. Like, no, like it didn't even matter what he was doing. They weren't paying attention to him at all. <laughs> and we didn't need to watch Alex Pelot just, you know, just rack up laps way out ahead of everyone. So, yeah, I'm hoping they'll just, uh, They'll just look for the action and give us an entertaining race this week. I hope you can really hope for. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be nice to get a little bit of attention away from below and that's naturally going to happen. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to the 16th street scanner. Uh, This has been Tyler. That's been AJ. Uh, You can shoot us an email. If you have something to say to us at 16th street pod at Gmail, that's one six street pod at Gmail. You can tweet at us. You can tweet at Connor daily and tag us in it at 16th street pod uh you can uh leave us a review let us know you know how we're doing subscribe to us if you want to support us uh and uh shout out to penny wishes for the intro and outro music really appreciate it peace three two one Who's gonna win it?